Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and whatsawatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 15th of July 2022, including dystopian Netflix horror Resident Evil and James May taking on an Italian job for Amazon Prime Video. And we'll also be looking at UK TV's new sports shop comedy, Sneak Ahead, from the makers of People Just Do Nothing, and hearing the story of lingerie brand Victoria's Secret in a new Paramount Plus documentary. We'll also be welcoming back now TV's brilliant comedy drama, Breeders, starring Martin Freeman and Daisy Haggard. But first, Ian, what is in the news? Billy Crystal. Do you remember he played... uh a therapist in Analyze This. In Apple TV's new series Before, he's going to play a child psychologist who is grieving the death of his wife, but then tries to help a young boy who is experiencing problems. What else is in the news, Hannah? Well, um, something called Wilderness, which will be um, on Prime Video, and it's a very intriguing drama. It's based on a novel, and it sees Jenna Coleman and Oliver Jackson Cohen playing seemingly happily married Brits, Liv and Will. They live in New York, but following Will's affair, Liv takes her dark revenge as they embark on a holiday in America's national parks. Oh, it is intriguing. I like the sound of that. Well, a varied selection box for you this week, from horror to travel to comedy to documentary. First up, we're going to have a look at a new Netflix series. The name may well be familiar, it's Resident Evil, and here's a clip. They said the world would end in 2036, but they were wrong. The world ended a long time ago. So this arrives Thursday the 14th of July. There are eight episodes. Most people will be aware of Resident Evil, which started life as a very popular video game and has also been a very successful film franchise. However, as I've never played the game, and I haven't watched any of the films, um, I was very much starting afresh. And I've got to say, I liked what I saw. Episode one, it starts a bit like a sort of the Danny Boyle 28 Days Later horror movie. So it looks as if there's this sole survivor in a kind of ruined city. There's clearly been some kind of apocalyptic event and yes of course it's a kind of zombie apocalypse because this virus if you catch it you turn into a sort of flesh-eating monster the trouble is these zombies can run really fast so that complicates matters anyway it sets in two different timelines they've moved the action from raccoon city in america to raccoon city in south africa and in the earlier timeline Albert Wesker, who's played by Lane Reddick, he is moving there with his two teenage daughters, Jade and Billy. And it's this kind of rather pristine looking sort of corporation town. Everything is white and perfect. And Jade in particular doesn't want to be there. Um, and he works for this umbrella corporation, this sinister big corporation, which will be involved in the T-virus uh, pandemic basically. But then we switch forward to after this apocalyptic event 
and Jade is basically studying these sort of shuffling zombies, uh, trying to find out how much intelligence they have, how they behave. And it, it kicks off in a very exciting fashion because um, she cuts herself and they can smell blood. So they start chasing after her and it's very dramatic. And then this huge creature emerges from the earth and tries to kill her. So it's pretty, uh, it's full pelt action stuff. Good zombies, good horror. So I think some people have said, oh, it's kind of this, the franchise has kind of run out of steam. Does it really need another reboot? But f for someone coming to it fresh... Um, I thought it looked really good and I, I would stick with it. And I think that the storyline is going to unfold that she is going to be trying to find out what's happened to her sister. And basically there's there's a lot of zombies, but there's also a lot of survivors around the world. I'm not sure it's your cup of tea, Hannah. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, this is not something that I'm naturally drawn to. Um, you are quite right, Ian. You know me too well. Uh, just because it's just... I don't know. I, I suppose on the one hand, it's quite cult um, and, and some people will absolutely love it. I, I know you mentioned the fact that some people feel like, does it really need to be reinvented again? Arguably, there will be a few people that fall away. But I think in the main, this is quite cult and people just stick with it. Zombies don't attract me very much. It is creepy. Um, it sort of plays on, on your mind a bit. And I think if you haven't watched anything before, like you say, it will it will appeal. But if you're like me and you don't really like zombies and you don't really like horror in the main, this is not one for you, I'm afraid to tell you. Fair enough. And I should mention that uh, the, the, the older Jade is played by Ella Belinska and I think she's great in this. And also she is living in a post-apocalyptic London. So I love that when they do this kind of thing, you can look at this sort of ruined London with the familiar landmarks, but there's there's nobody around. Anyway... That's what I mean, though. Creepy. creepy. That's the creepy part. Well, from London, <laughs> we're going to go somewhere a little bit sunnier for our next offering that you're going to tell us about, Hannah. It is James May, our man in Italy. Hello, viewers. Or should I say, buongiorno. Yes, I am in Italy. Uncovering the secrets of the sweet life. It's delicious. Let's do that. Yes, and this is on Amazon Prime Video. So we all know what James May does, but I, I love the fact that all the all these guys that work together have all kind of gone off and done their own thing. And here is James May, probably, I suppose, should I be allowed to say this? The underdog, I guess, out of that original trio. And he really comes into his own in this, I think. Um, looks really different. His hair's longer. He's more sort of relaxed. Feels very funny, I think. Um, very dry sense of humour. And essentially, he is in Italy, and you are on the trip with him. And it is he's just he is just he is just really very funny. I mean, I I didn't sort of think he was he was the standout comedian of that trio, but actually, it works really well. So you see him on his journey. He um, you see him behind the wheel, of course you do, um, and driving the Italian way, lots of, lots of gesticulation. Um, he, what does he call it? He says it's simply a little theatrical. He doesn't think it's actually aggressive, um, which is what some people say of Italian driving. Lots of amazing Italian cuisine, of course there is, which um, you need to watch it with a full stomach because you, it really does make you hungry. And of course, the setting is absolutely beautiful. Um, 
I think the fact that it's so enjoyable comes through because he enjoyed it so much as well. Um, and you sort of experience it through his eyes. And as I say, I think in this particularly, he massively comes into his own. I don't know if you agree. Ian. I do agree. And I don't know if you saw the holiday specials of Meet the Richardsons on UK TV very recently. And they did a kind of spoof celebrity travelogue. And they were making the point in it that kind of, They've all been done to death and, and everyone does the same thing. So to, to make a show like this stand out is very difficult. However, I would agree with you about James May. I mean, I think he is my favourite of the old Top Gear slash slash Grand Tour trio because I think he's just, he he's the most himself. Clarkson obviously has this sort of outrageous personality where he tries to say shocking things. Um the hamster is kind of like the excitable, you know, they're, they're both quite laddish. But James May is just James May. He's a sort of slightly eccentric, very quintessentially English guy. And as you say, he's, he's really funny on camera, just, just being himself. He's being shown around by this guide. I don't know if there was, was, was there some chemistry there? This female guide, I felt something. Um, he's Ooh. eating lots of nice food. I mean, he's looking around old buildings. He, he's, he's doing historical activities that of music and so on there's a little bit of everything in it as you say it looks great and um yeah i happily would spend a few episodes of this in the company of captain slow well a bit of a change of pace now we've just mentioned uk tv well this is another new offering from them it's a new comedy uh it's showing wednesday thursday friday night and it's available as a box set as well it's called Sneak Ahead. Here's a clip. I'm the manager of Sports Depot. The name's Russell. I think you can tell a lot about someone from their trainers. Mine say this is a manager who demands nothing but respect. <clears throat> so, strong connections to the wonderful pirate radio comedy, People Just Do Nothing. It's from the makers of that, and it stars one of the stars of that show, Hugo Chegwin. So, here's the gist. It's called Sneak Ahead because Chegwin's character, Russell, not only is he obsessed with trainers, he's got hundreds of pairs like you, Hannah. Uh, he also he also works in a, in a shop called Sports Depot, which looks uncannily like another major sports outlet. It's set in Peterborough, and as we start, he's, the, he's sort of expounding his philosophy, which is very much like the sneakers people like or the trainers tell you a lot about them that's his kind of outlook on life and he's just got boxes and boxes of them at home he's a sort of lovable loser he gets promoted to be the manager of uh, this sports outlet and it's all about him and the staff he's all i'll tell you who's in it who is turns out to be a brilliant comedy actor none other than bafta winner big zoo who does his uh, cooking show with with comedians on uk tv He's one of the store workers. He is brilliant in this. He's an absolute natural. Um, there's also Francesca Mills as his colleague Gemma. Ooh. There is the wonderful Alexa Davis, who, well, we've seen in, in quite a few things recently, including White House Farm. She is superb in this as his really toxic, <laughs> bullying girlfriend. It, it's just really, really well written and performed. You're, you're you're up and running straight away. You buy into all these characters. It's very, very funny and quite rude. i got to say, I absolutely love it. 
what did you think, Hannah? Yeah, it's, it is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I, I, and I love the, sort of the mundane periods of this. That you could, I don't know, it feels very, very real, doesn't it? It just feels just really quite funny in places. Um, you can just imagine being in this person's shoes, this very long-suffering employee, um, and then, you know, unexpectedly promoted and, and, and suddenly in this position of power. And um, it's such a basic idea, but it really, really works. I don't know why it works so well, but it does. I think it's totally relatable. It's really good, isn't it? And it slightly reminded me, though it is very different, but it slightly reminded me of the, the sort of phone shop. Do you remember that one? Uh, which I yes. Which was a Channel 4 show. But anyway, it's really good uh, and highly recommended. And also, if you if you haven't seen People Just Do Nothing, you've got to watch it. It's superb. Now, we're going to finish, well, nearly finish, with uh, a documentary series that you're going to talk about. It's coming up on Paramount Plus, Hannah, Victoria's Secret. Angels and Demons. A lot of people have heard of Victoria's Secret, but very few people have heard of the billionaire behind it, Les Wexner. Les is a genius. His brand dominated the malls of America. He is the guy who figured out how to make Americans shop, 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 shop. But there was something else going on at Victoria's Secret. Yeah, Paramount Plus is coming out with some goodies. Um, and this is another one, in my opinion. I, I quite like these documentaries, these kind of documentaries that I suppose, do they get under the surface of something? Yes, a little bit. You certainly come away more knowledgeable, or I certainly did anyway, at the end of this. Um, and this basically tracks the rise of Victoria's Secret, the the underwear, the lingerie company, um, and the man behind it, who is the CEO, Les Wexner. And I don't think I knew much about him, but of course he has links to the sex offender, Jeffrey Epstein. And so it has very much, um, if you've watched the, the, the Epstein documentary, it has that sort of vibe about it. From the, from the off, the music, the way it's presented is quite creepy. I don't know whether that was the intention or not. That's certainly just how I felt watching it. Um, there's one shot where someone comes up behind this Victoria's Secret model and, and puts his hands on her breasts and it's all sort of laughed off, but it's being caught on camera and it's actually quite uncomfortable. Um, these, these, these prize girls wearing not, not an awful lot and obviously it's a lingerie company. But the seedy side of it, I suppose, um, the side that you don't see, because of course there was one stage, certainly in my career, where you know so many girls just aspired to be one of these models and kind of what it what they go through to get to that point of that catwalk getting those pictures the people around them and again sort of we I, I see it in the world in the work that I do celebrity switching it or turning it on and turning it off and that's what they're having to do but as I say you know uh, Wexner as Wexner and Jeffrey Epstein they had been close friends I think since the 80s and so it really looks into that and it's um it's very watchable, um, but as I say, it's it's straight away. It feels like it's got a sort of a sinister tone to it. The music kind of um, evokes that feeling, I suppose. And you come away learning. You learn quite a lot, and it's particularly interesting to someone like me, who kind of not. I don't work in the industry, but you know the kind of the, the world that they work in is, as I say, a, a few years back. So many girls wanted to be them. So, yeah, I, I thought it was very well done. What did you think, think Ian? Well, Hannah, I'm ashamed to say I didn't watch it, but 
what I did watch instead was uh, The Return of Breeders, which is a brilliant comedy drama coming back on Now TV, which stars Martin Freeman and Daisy Haggard. You jump into being a parent convinced that you're going to be the hero. Grab a drink, will you? Come and hang out for a bit. There's only beers in here. Get yourself a beer then, you're nearly 15. And bang, you're the bad guy. I'm 13. That's a man in most cultures. Sometimes the bad guy is sexier. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend that you watch it. It's written by Simon Blackwell and Chris Addison. And it's just a really well-observed family drama, well, comedy drama, because it really mixes some quite heavy storylines with some with some good family comedy. It's also quite rude, which I like. Fans will know that we left off with uh, the ca- the character Paul, played by Freeman. He's moved out of the family home after his teenage son, Luke, punched him in the face. Um, so he's moved out now, and we're in this situation where basically the 13-year-old boy is, is sort of determining the fate of the family. And, of course, Paul is not happy about this at all. Um, he's kind of spying on them. <laughs> virtually through their one of their security cameras watching what they're doing and he's living in his um, mother-in-law's house and Sally Phillips turns up as a, a next-door neighbor and you think oh hello is there going to be uh, an affair um, but yeah I just think it's it's really well done and the, the central theme of this series is kind of like Freeman's character is is very angry person and and you we keep flashing back to times when the kids were growing up where he's he's got furious with them and, and just had these outbursts and this is what's caused the son's terrible anxiety which is why he doesn't want to be in the same house as the dad and obviously then the daughter is very unhappy about this and she feels like why why should my brother get to say who does what and what what about me I'm always well behaved but no one cares about whether I'm happy so it's tackling some big issues. It's really convincing, but it's also got lots of great comedy in it as well. It's just really well made, well performed. So uh, I recommend that as well. Now, uh, we've got to that time, Hannah, where you tell us what you've been binging on over the last seven days. Well, you couldn't avoid Wimbledon, could you? And that brilliant final, um, mm. the right outcome, dare I say. Um, and also... <laughs> um, also Stranger Things, which I know that you absolutely adore, Ian, and I feel like I need to get in on it properly. Yes, and a warning in advance, there's one uh, episode that's extremely long. It's almost like a feature-length episode. That took us by surprise. Well, I, like you, I watched uh, a lot of Wimbledon, which was great. I'm glued to the Tour de France as well, which is, um, I mean, that you can just lose entire days to that. I love it. Now, we've just got time to look ahead to what we're going to be looking at next week. So, Hannah, what's in store? Well, Chris Evans will be hunting a fugitive in the name of Ryan Gosling in star-studded Netflix spy thriller, The Grey Man. And Russell Crowe will play a Bristolian bare-knuckle prizefighter in Amazon Prime Video's period biopic, Prizefighter, The Life of Jem Belcher. So we look forward to those and more. But in the meantime... Keep watching!